members back this week. As you know, Pastor Jeff has been on vacation for the last couple weeks. He'll be back next Sunday. But with us today is one of our favorite family members. It's been a while since he's been with us, other than last week, of course. He was here last week. And he'll be here today to continue as he was talking last week in regards to the kingdom. But we're going to be talking about some crowns today. So we're looking forward to his message. So would you help me give a turning point welcome to Pastor Sonny Knatzer. Thank you. Thank you. I just saw a copy of Pastor Jeff's book uh, here in the podium. And I want to say I read this this week. What an awesome book. Valerie, I don't know how we're going to do this, but I need to get this to a copy of this to all of our pastors. Uh, they need this. They need to be ordering some of these and uh, because it's a great message. And if you've not picked up Pastor Jeff's book, get this book and read it because it is up to date. It is on target. Uh, racial barrier breaker. And that is our Jesus. And so I encourage you uh, to do that if you haven't picked up that book. Well, I'm excited about today. Uh, I've been kind of getting this word down in me. This word, I've been teaching. This is some of our teaching that uh, we taught at Church on the Rock many years ago in Finding the Rock. It was one of our foundational classes as we taught about uh, the crowns and the judgment seat of Christ, which we're going to talk about this morning. And I've been kind of uh, rehearsing this message in my spirit all week long. Spent yesterday uh, reading through this message. I spent, uh, I was getting ready for a wedding last night. And as I was uh, preparing for this service, preparing for a wedding, I was also watching the return that was online in Washington, D.C. and really around the nation, around the world. And what an awesome time of prayer that was yesterday. Much of it's still going on today. I have some pastors that are there, and they said there's some events happening this morning of worship and uh, a time to glorify the Lord and to pray and to seek Him. And I know that's what this church has been doing. I know this church is a praying church, and we are a praying people. And there were probably, I, I, you said, 100,000 in Washington then there were scattered thousands really around the world in little communities all over our nation. And uh, I was in my home. I know there were a lot of people in their homes just say praying, seeking the Lord. And if we really believe the Word of God, do we believe the Word of God? If my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, what God say He'd do? I'd hear from heaven. He said, I'll forgive their sin, and I'll heal their land. So I am believing God has heard us. That was a good beginning yesterday. We're going to continue to cry out to God and humble ourselves and pray, continually turn from our wicked ways and believe there's coming a healing in this land. We desperately need a healing, individually and corporately as a nation. So let's pray together one more time as we get ready for this message. Father, we just say thank you for the word of God this morning. Lord, I'm so grateful for what took place yesterday in our nation's capital. Lord, I'm so grateful, Lord, that people came. They humbled themselves. They prayed. They cried out to you. They lifted up their voice in worship. And Lord, we have joined with them this morning, as many are still there in Washington, praying and seeking you, worshiping you. And Lord, we joined them this morning along with hundreds and literally thousands of churches across our nation. We're grateful for the opportunity you've given us to join together here this morning. We honor you. We bless you. Grateful for your word. Breathe upon it today, we pray. 
In Jesus' name, amen. Well, you may be seated. For those that are watching online, let me just say, you are a vital part of what's going on right here, right now. I know some of you live a great distance away. You're not able to get here to the church services. Some of you are close to returning uh, to a public gathering. So I encourage you, as soon as you feel ready to come back, it's, there's nothing like being in the house with the people of God. Though we can't get real close to each other, we can look at each other. We can wave, we can hug, you know, virtual hug, and uh, but this is an awesome thing, and to be a part of this worship. What great worship. Is this awesome this morning? Great worship this morning, as it always is. But uh, we want you to join us, and I want you to be a part. Be engaged in what we're doing here this morning as we enter into the Word of God, as we talk about the reward of crowns, which are before me here, and... Why you want them. There's some people, and I've uh, heard songs that said, I'm not doing this for a crowd. But I am, let me just say, I hope you'll understand when we finish here today. I want to receive every crown Jesus is offering. Because there's a purpose in having those crowns. We're going to talk about the judgment seat of Christ. And one of our key verses is found in... Acts chapter 17, and this is the story of Paul the Apostle going into a certain city where it's full of idols, and he comes to a place called Mars Hill, and there are idols all around, and people, religious leaders and philosophers are in this particular part of the town, and they're telling you why their God is so special. And Paul is looking around and saying, look at all these religious people they have here. And then he sees a monument to the unknown God. Because they had all these gods, but just in case they missed one, they made a monument to the unknown God. We haven't met him yet. And Paul said, oh, this is my opportunity. He said, let me tell you about this unknown God. And he begins to preach to them Jesus. And we pick this up, this story, uh, we can pick this up together, the story to the unknown God. Look at verse 23. For as I was passing through and considering the objects of your worship, I even found an altar with this inscription to the unknown God. Therefore, the one whom you worship without knowing him, I proclaim to you. God, who made the world and everything in it, since he is Lord, not of heaven and earth, does not dwell in temples made with hands, nor is he worshiped with men's hands as though he needed anything, since he gives life to all and breath and all things. He is made from one blood, every nation and men to dwell on it, on the face of the earth, and has determined their pre-appointed times and boundaries and their dwellings. You realize that God pre-appointed us to be alive right now? The living in America right now, pre-appointed, it says. So that they should seek the Lord, which we're doing, in hope that they might grow for him and find him, which we've done, though he's not far from each of us. For in him we live and move and have our being. As also some of your own poets have said, for we are his offspring. Therefore, since we are his offspring, the offspring of God, We ought not to think that the divine nature is like gold or silver or stone, something shaped by art and man's devising. Truly, these times of ignorance God overlooked, but now commands men everywhere to repent. 
because he's appointed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by the man whom he's ordained. He has given assurance of this by raising him from the dead. You know, it's a strange thing that there are people who will attend church uh, on Easter Sunday morning. Sometimes it's the only time they will come with family. But you know what they are celebrating when they come to church on Easter Sunday morning? They are celebrating the fact that God's ordained a judgment day. And they're going to stand before God. You know, I, I, I'll tell you this. All roads, whatever religion it is, all roads are going to lead to God. All roads are going to lead to God. Everybody's going to stand before God. There's coming a judgment day. What's the nature of that judgment? The Bible clearly teaches that all men will one day stand before God to be judged. God the Father has committed all final judgment to His Son, Jesus Christ. John 5, For the Father judges no one, but has committed all judgment to His Son. But here's what Jesus said about that. John uh, 12, 47 and 48. If anyone hears my words and does not believe, I do not judge him. For I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. He who rejects me and does not receive my words has that which judges him, that is the word that I have spoken, and will judge him on the last day. What's going to judge us on the last day? The word of God, the logos of God. If we've not paid attention to Jesus' rhema, his spoken word, then the Logos is going to judge us on that day. We're all going to give an account to God, but it doesn't mean we're all going to stand in the same judgment. There are some judgments that have already taken place in the past. Uh, glory to God, my sins and your sins, if you said yes to Jesus, they are, they've already been judged. Satan has already been judged. He was judged at the cross. And our sins were nailed to the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. There's already been a past judgment. Satan has already been made a public display. Jesus triumphed over him at the cross. And my sins were taken away at the cross. There's been a past judgment. And there is a present judgment that's going on right now. You know what that present judgment is? If you read it in 1 Corinthians eleven thirty one, it says, For if we judge ourselves, we would not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened by the Lord that we may not be condemned with the world. When we judge ourselves or examine ourselves. Remember what Paul said uh, about taking communion? Before you take communion, every man must do what? Examine himself. Make sure everything's right between you and God and everyone else, that you're living right, walking right, doing right. And it says there's a judgment going on right now, First John 1, 5 through 10. And you, you remember this scripture, but it tells us there's an ongoing confession. Confession means to agree with God. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So we agree with him when he convicts us of sin and we confess that the blood of Christ continually cleanses us from all sin. So there's a present judgment going on right now that we're to judge ourselves. 
We're not to judge others, but we are to judge ourselves. And then there's coming a future judgment. There are several judgments. There's the judgment seat of Christ, which we'll talk about in just a moment. There's the judgment of living nations. Uh, Matthew chapter 25, where God and Jesus are going to separate the sheep nations from the goat nations. That's a judgment that's going to take place. There's a great white throne judgment. Then there's the judgment of fallen angels. Guess what? We're going to participate in that judgment. The Bible tells us that we're going to participate in that judgment. But there is the great white throne judgment. That is the judgment for unbelievers. That's for everyone that has resisted the conviction of the Holy Spirit. And they continually say no to the Lord when he comes and convicts them of sin. And they will not repent. You know, it's an amazing thing that's going to take place. There is going to be a thousand-year reign of Christ on the earth. During that thousand years, Satan is going to be bound up. He's going to be bound up for a thousand, chained up for a thousand years. Jesus is going to rule and reign in Jerusalem. People are going to be born during those thousand years. And you know what's going to happen? People are going to be born, and people are going to be born again during that time. But some people, this was even without the devil's influence, some people that have been born, they are still not going to turn to Christ. You know why? Because of their evil heart of unbelief. Even without the influence of the devil, we still are born in this world with an evil heart of unbelief. And we have to be born again. That's a must. Well, there's some people who are going to refuse to be born again during the time Jesus is ruling and reigning on the earth. And then there's going to come a judgment day. Satan is going to be loosed after that thousand years, and he's going to go gather up his people once again. The people that, that's an amazing thing, how Jesus could be ruling and reigning, and Satan was bound, and all of a sudden he's loose, and he still has an army. And then they're all going to stand at the great white throne judgment. And they're going to hear these words from Jesus. I never knew you. Depart from me, you that work iniquity. What a sad, sad day that's going to be. We see this in Revelation chapter 20, verse 11 through 15. The unbelievers or the wicked, those whose names are not found written in the book of life, will be cast into the lake of fire. They'll be tormented by fire, according to the Word of God, and there will be everlasting punishment. It'll be a place of darkness, deep darkness. And I don't gloat about that. I was sitting on a plane, I believe I've shared this with you, I was sitting on a plane in India, and I was going to my next destination to preach, And I sat in this plane, and people were speaking languages I didn't understand. They did not understand me. And I sat there, and I looked at the misery on their faces. And I sat there, and I said, Lord, if I really believe what I believe, the Word of God, one day, all of these people will stand before you. And if they've not accepted you as Lord and Savior, they will spend eternity without you. And my heart was broken. And all I could do in that plane ride was pray in my spirit. Pray for them. Pray that 
evangelists and pastors be raised up in India and preach this gospel just like I preach it and able to have been able to go around the world and preach this gospel. Uh, knowing that there's going to be a great white throne judgment uh, should motivate all of us toward evangelism. That we should all be, we're not all evangelists, but we should be doing the work of the evangelist. We should be living a life in such a way that people would see us and they would say, man, what is going on in your life? Because the way you respond to things is not the way I respond to things. I see a joy on your face and a peace in the midst of all the turmoil going around. What's going on with you? In the midst of COVID-19, we can stand up and lift our hands and say, Jesus is still Lord. God is still in control. And people see that and they wonder, what's going on with you? You'll have an opportunity to share the love of Christ with them. But the one judgment I do want to focus on today is called the judgment seat of Christ. This is a judgment of all believers. Now, it's not a judgment whether we're going to get into heaven. That was settled the day we said yes to Jesus. When we said yes to John 3.16, we believed in him. We received everlasting life. Romans 14 talks about judging others, and it says this, But why do you judge your brother? Or why do you show contempt for your brother? For you all shall stand before the judgment seat of Christ. For as it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue confess to God. So each of us will give an account of himself to God. Second Corinthians 5.10. Let me read this to you. Here's a must. You remember last week's message? Mysteries, maybes, and must. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. That each one may receive things done in their body according to what he's done, whether good or bad. We're on this journey on this earth. And God has called us out of this world and he's given us gifts and talents. He said, now what are you going to do with them? Hope you're building on the right foundation. The foundation is Jesus, 1 Corinthians 3.11. For no foundation can anyone lay than that which was laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become clear. For the day, that is the judgment day, will declare it, because it will be revealed by fire. And the fire will test everyone's work of what sort it is. If anyone's work is he has built on endures, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved, yet as through fire. We're going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. The things we've done in this world, on this journey, while we're living in a day of grace, it's going to be judged. What we've done, the motives and the actions are going to be judged. And hopefully we're going to receive these crowns. Some are not going to get any crowns, but they're going to make it into heaven. But I want you to understand, it would be a sad day if you get to heaven, stand before the judgment seat of Christ, and you don't receive any of the crowns. Why? Because the crowns are what we're going to lay at the feet of Jesus in worship in heaven. The judgment seat of Christ is to test the believer's work. It's not whether we're going to heaven. That was determined long ago. To judgment of our motives and action. And there's great potential for rewards for actions done by the power 
of the Holy Spirit. And what we're going to refer to next, and these are the five crowns we're going to talk about for the next few minutes, that you have an opportunity to receive on that day. Crown number one is called the crown of life, or referred to as the martyr's crown. It's a reward for faithfulness to Christ. Did you stand up to testing trials and tribulation? Maybe it will even come at the expense of one's own life. James 1.12 says, Blessed is the man who endures temptation, testing, and trials. For when he's been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Revelation 2.10, written This particular letter was written to the church of Smyrna, and he said these words, Do not fear any of those things which you're about to suffer. Indeed, the devil is about to throw some of you in prison, that you may be tested, and you will have tribulation ten days. That's Ten represents a completion of time. Be faithful unto death, and you will will be given the crown of life. You know, there are more martyrs today than any time in the history of the church. More people today around the world giving their life for the sake of Christ. We've never experienced that here in this nation. But what we've experienced over the past few months, uh, how we've seen people so angry at the church, angry at us because we proclaim Jesus as the only way to heaven. Jesus said, I read it this morning in my prayer time, that he said, people are going to hate you because you believe in me. Because you proclaim I'm the only way. People are going to hate you. They hated me. They're going to hate you. And we've never really experienced that in this nation. I grew up in a time where the church was a very respected institution. My father was a pastor. He was very respected in the community. They would often, when I was out with him shopping, they would say, oh, Reverend Knatzer. He didn't like that title, but he was known as Brother Howard. But that's what those who did not attend church called him because they respected his office. It's not so much like that anymore, is it, Brandon? The office of a pastor, oh, you're one of those. You're one of those, huh? Even if you may tell somebody you're a believer, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, a Christian. We know about Christians. And the tide is turning, even in our own nation, right now. They've shut down churches. You can't gather. If you do gather, you can't sing. You can't worship God. You can't pray out loud. I just saw this week where three men were arrested because they were singing outdoors without their mask on. They were arrested. There are pastors today who said, I'm willing to be arrested to obey the word of God. It's happening. And we can receive this crown of life or martyr's crown if we stay true to God. Second crown is the crown of glory. This crown is a crown for faithful service as an overseer of the flock of God. But also... It's available to those who support the God-ordained ministries. It's not just for pastors, home group leaders. It's for those that are supporting those 
who have this ministry. First Peter 5, 2, 2 through 4. Shepherd the flock of God which is among you. Serving as overseers, not by compulsion, but willingly, not for dishonest gain, but eagerly, not as being lords over those entrusted you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you shall receive the crown of glory that does not fade away. Matthew 10, 41 says, he who receives a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. If you receive your pastor... In the name of his gifting to the body of Christ, you will receive the reward that's within him. That's this crown of glory. And he who receives a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. Hebrews 13, 17 says, Obey those who rule over you and be submissive, for they watch out for your souls as those who must give an account. Let them do so with joy and not with grief, for that would be unprofitable to you. As you submit to your pastor, and I know your pastor, I know Pastor Jeff, known him for many, many, many years. I know his heart toward you. We talk about this church often. I know his heart, how he wants to see you grow in the grace and knowledge of God's will for your life, and how he wants to, and he studies, and he prays, and he's praying for you because he wants to see you become everything God wants you to become. And when you submit to that and you submit to the teachings of this house, you can receive on that day the crown of glory. And thirdly, there's a third crown. It's the crown of righteousness. It's rewarded for purity of life, living in light or the return of Christ. Living right, fighting right, and doing right. Paul said to young Timothy at the end of his life, 2 Timothy 4, 7 and 8, Paul said, I fought a good fight. I finished the race. I've kept the faith. Finally, there's laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on that day, judgment day, and not to me only, but also to all who loved his appearing, who eagerly looked forward to his coming again. I don't know about you, but I'm looking forward to the second coming of the Lord or to the rapture of the church. Looking forward to it. Anybody ever practice the rapture? You know, we won't need to practice. It's just going to be, we're just going to be called up. I don't know what that's going to be like, but it's going to be awesome. I often said, I've preached many, many funerals and been at the graveside of some friends of mine and some uh, loved ones in our church. And I said, Being here at this graveyard would be the most exciting place to be when the church is raptured. Because those that have died, their bodies are going to resurrect out of those graves. And the spirit that was in heaven with Jesus is going to reunite with that body. And then after they are resurrected, we're going to be caught up if we're still alive before the Lord comes. Ooh, how awesome is that going to be? But I want to receive... This particular crown that I can lay at the feet of Jesus, another crown, the fourth crown is the crown of rejoicing or the soul winner's crown. It is reserved for those who win people to Christ. They will have great joy in heaven by seeing those are there because of their witness. What will it be like when you get to heaven and somebody comes up to you and says, thank you. Thank you for telling me about Jesus. Daniel said in Daniel 12, 3, those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the firmament 
And those who turn many to righteousness like the stars, they shall give forth light forever and ever. Proverbs eleven thirty: The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he who wins souls is what? Wise. He who captures human lives, Amplified Bible says, he who captures human lives for God as a fisherman, he gathers them for all eternity. Paul said to the church at Thessalonica in 1 Thessalonians 2, 19, for what is our hope or joy or our crown of rejoicing? Is it not even you in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at his coming? The crown of rejoicing. The soul winner's crown. Oh, I want that crown. How many want to win people to Jesus? And I want, I pray it almost every day. I say, Lord, I want to win people to you. I'm not, I don't have the gift of the evangelist. Now, when I first got called to ministry, I thought for sure God was going to call me to be an evangelist. I'd been listening to evangelists coming in throughout my Baptist church ever since I was a child. And I would, these evangelists would come in and boy, they had such great testimonies, how God had delivered them from, like your pastor, saved in jail. Saved in juvenile detention center. And they had all these great stories. And I thought to myself, you know, I grew up in church. I didn't have one of those stories. I thought, well, maybe I need to go out and do something so I can have me a good story so I can become a great evangelist. But I realized, really, the greatest testimony anybody can have is the keeping power of God. What kind of testimony do you want your children to have of the keeping power of God? Well, I pray, though, God... It, Paul told Timothy, son, you're a pastor, but you need to be doing the work of an evangelist. I love the evangelist. I love to listen to him. Pastor Larry Lee was an evangelist. He could preach any message, give an invitation, and people would just come down. And I said, I preached that same message. I gave that same invitation. Nobody seemed to respond. It was the gift. It was the gift. But I pray, God, I just want to be a soul winner. I want to lead people to Jesus. And I pray that will be your heart. Because if you're a soul winner, you get that crown of rejoicing. We'll lay them all at the feet of Jesus. And the last crown is the incorruptible crown. Rewarded for discipline in the Christian life. 1 Corinthians 9, 25. Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Run in a way that you may obtain it, that you may win. Everyone who competes for the prize is temperate or disciplined in all things. Now, they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we do it to obtain an incorruptible crown. Therefore, I run thus, not with uncertainty. Thus, I fight not as one who beats the air or shadow boxing. I discipline my body. Uh, the Living Bible says, I treat it roughly. I treat my body Roughly, bring it in subjection, lest when I preach to others, I myself shall become disqualified. I fight, not as one who's just shadow boxing. I treat my body roughly, training it to do what it should, not just what it wants to. And if I do that, I will receive the incorruptible crown. If you do that, you will receive the incorruptible crown. These are the gifts Jesus wants to give us. 
as we live life on this earth. We've got to obtain these crowns now. When we get to heaven, it's too late. We got to be working for these crowns. And it's not working for a crown. It's just, this is what Jesus wants to give us because of our service to him. They are important to him. Therefore, they become important to us. One day, we will receive these crowns at the judgment seat of Christ, or we will not. And if that, if we, we don't receive them, then we'll have nothing to lay at the feet of Jesus. Open your Bibles to Revelation chapter 4. I just want you to turn. We haven't opened our Bibles yet. Revelation chapter 4. Talking about creatures that are before the throne of God. And verse 7 says, The first living creature was like a lion. The second living creature like a calf. The third living creature had the face like a man. And the fourth living creature was like a flying eagle. And the four living creatures, each having six wings, were full of eyes around and within. And they do not rest day or night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was, who is, and who is to come. Someone said what this really means. is these creatures are before the throne of God 24 hours a day, and they bow before Him and say, Holy! And when they look up, uh-oh, God's just revealed to them another part of His holiness, and all they can say is, Ooh, Holy! Oh, holy! And they do this 24 hours a day. Whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders, who are the 24 elders? It's the church of the Old Testament. It's the church of the New Testament. The 12 tribes, the 12 apostles. The 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. And what are they doing? What's it say? And they cast their crowns before the throne, saying, let's all say it together, you are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory, honor, and power, for you created all things, and by your will they exist and were created. We are going to be a part of that church. Comes before the throne. We would have received these crowns or not received these crowns. I trust everyone in this room, everyone watching online, would have received these crowns. Jesus is going to give us these crowns, the crown of life, the crown of rejoicing, the crown of glory. He's going to give us these crowns, and what are we going to do with this? This is not for us to walk around and say, ooh, look at me, look at this, look what Jesus gave me, or not something. What if heaven was full of people who worked their way to get there, earned their way into heaven? What would heaven be like? You know, you'd walk into heaven and somebody would come up to you and say, how did you get here? Well, I, I man, I, I, I gave away a lot of money. Let me tell you how I got here. And he'd begin to list his, heaven would be a place of pride then. Everybody trying to up everybody how they got into heaven. It's not going to be that way. It's going to be a place of humility. And though we're going to receive a crown, we won't keep it on long. 
Because we'll take these crowns, all five of them, because of what we've done on this earth, and we'll lay them at the feet of Jesus and say, Lord, you're worthy. I did it because you're worthy. I did it by the power of the Holy Spirit. It wasn't me. It was you. And we'll lay the crown at his feet. Oh, how many want to do that? I want these crowns because I want to have something to lay at the feet of Jesus. The crown of life or the martyr's crown. The crown of glory for faithful service. The crown of righteousness for fighting a good fight, finishing your race. The crown of rejoicing, the soul winner's crown. Or the incorruptible crown. The crown for discipline in the Christian life. I want to pray for you. I want to pray this word gets deep down inside of you. I want to pray that you'll study this. And you'll wake up every day and say, Lord, I want this crown. Because I want to have something to lay at your feet. Father, we join together as the body of Christ today. Lord, we've heard your word and what you want to do for us. Lord, as we journey on this earth. Lord, there are crowns, rewards you long to give us. And Lord, I pray that each man and each woman that's here today would come to an understanding how important this is because it's important to you. And one day it's going to be important to us. We'll have something to lay at your feet. Lord, quicken this word to our heart. Lord, I pray that you would make us soul winners today. And Lord, for someone that may be in this service or someone watching online that has never met you. Lord, I thank you for the privilege of just sharing this good news. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him would never perish, but would have everlasting life. God didn't send His Son to the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. That's you. You can put your name there. For God so loved whatever your name is. He loves you today. Sitting there in your home, He loves you so much. God gave His Son so you could have life. Somebody in this sanctuary today, Jesus loves you so much. He wants to give you life, eternal life, so that you'll never die, but you'll live forever. Father, whoever that might be in this room right now, or watching online, Lord, you said whosoever calls in your name would be saved. So right now, I'm going to ask you just to call on the name of Jesus. Confess the fact that you've sinned, He'll be faithful just to forgive you and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And today, right now, you'll be born again. You won't face the great white throne judgment. You'll enter into heaven with great joy, great understanding of what He has done for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.